of a group. Maybe somebody will join after they hear this. But I'm a part of a Muppets replica group where people build their own Muppets. And I don't make them. I just watch every picture come through because I have no talent in the sewing department. And you can tell when people have like, you know, where it's like that Kermit looks a little wonky. My Kermit would look even worse. But when someone's good at it and you start to see them tailor their clothes, it's insane. Because they're just like Skeeter's got tiny little jackets and stuff. And, and you're like, How, who are you? Yeah, That's these people are like hand stitching it because it also it's not just the green jacket. It also says the Muppet Show on the back because he's the PA. Yeah. And so they're sitting there like hand stitching that. And you're like, what is going on? The the gendered skills that we were taught as kids, mm -hmm. I think it's really unfair because a lot of the skills that young men were taught are not useful. Yeah. Unless you went to like trade school. Because and like, like, I don't know, a couple of the things actually, I would say a couple of them are, but most of it also just got pushed right out the way because technology is above and beyond it now. Sure. Like you don't need to know too much about plumbing. You can watch a video about plumbing and then go just copy what they did. Sure, sure, sure. And then, but then like a lot of the stuff that you would consider to be classically feminine in schools that were taught were like, mm -hmm. you know, you, you know, especially at that young vulnerable age where like, if you were, if you were a kid in like 1993 signing up mm -hmm. for home ec, people would be like, what are you gay? Yeah. Like, well, that number one, that's a really stupid argument. Uh, and then <laughs> two, like, so what? And then yeah. number three, like, no, I want to learn how to fucking cook and sew and fucking I was going to and darn a sock. I would love I also to, was know gonna call to it gay. I was like, it's not gay. Home ec is super. It's survival. You know, 100%. like well, they changed the name at our school to life skills. And I was oh. like, that's a better name. Yeah. No, that's true because like uh, patching the holes in your clothes and learning how to cook for yourself are such things. I want to say most people I've dated ever, they barely know how to heat up frozen food when that's all you need to do with it. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. And what do you know how to cook, you know, or bake? Yeah. You know, I don't back in a, a class where you could bake a cake and then eat the cake. Why didn't <laughs> I take that? I'm so mad at myself for buying into the stereo the gendered stereotypes mm -hmm. you know which is also like one of those things where you're like okay calm down because you were a kid in the 90s mm -hmm. and you know peer pressure is what it is and you know i get it but at the same time don't you wish you could have your mentality in your teenage existence yes like, yeah no, when people talk about that they're like if you can go back and start to live high school over again you're like and I get to keep my current brain, like my maturity brain. That's not just looking at every girl that walks by. Yeah. Yeah. I would love that. Absolutely. I, I would. I would own the school. I think any adult placed yeah. into a high school experience, you would be so dominant. Yeah. I think about it, that a incredibly. lot. Just by your actual amount of not give a fuck. Cause it's not the fake teenage, not give a fuck where they need to let everyone know they don't give a fuck. Yeah. You literally don't. So you just walk past it. Yeah. And just do what you actually need. And you're like, gym is just an hour long recess, guys. I loved gym class. I, I, I well, yeah, we only had it for freshman year. I only had it one year. Really? Yeah. Wow. Why? <sighs> I don't know. Because Arizona doesn't need it. I, I think Arizona does. I'll tell you. Uh, I went to my high school. We needed it. You can yeah. see the difference no, between no, the freshman. Like I, 
Yeah. If you weren't doing an elective sort of like I'm on the wrestling team or the football team or the, the swim, the swim team was big in my high school. So like it was like if yeah, you were one of those thousand degrees outside. Yeah, I want exactly. To get water. I want to cool off. So like if you were one of those people, then you were fit. If you weren't, you were just not. Uh, that's the nice way of putting it. The idea of a swim team to me is fascinating because we that's not a thing. I don't think I've ever heard of a swim team in Massachusetts. Well, yeah, but you guys probably had a hockey team. No. Uh, oh, really? Private schools and like the, the places where there's like a rink in the town mm-hmm. at hockey teams. And that's actually when school choice became a thing. We actually would, you know, our district lost a lot of kids to like other districts that had hockey mm-hmm. teams. Because it's just like because with school yeah. choice, it's like you don't supply me with something another public school does. I'm going to that school. You so can just do that. Up. That's what school choice is. Yeah. Yeah, but I didn't even heard of school choice till right now. So, uh, thank you, George Bush. Uh, basically, what happened with No Child Left Behind and the, the idea of school choice was essentially that if a public school is not providing you with an a visibly and and markedly adequate experience that another school does, you can matriculate to that school and then that school will get the taxpayer money. Mm. The closest it's- thing we had to that in Tucson when I was growing up was that there was a school called Sabino that was always producing NFL or like college football kids out of high school. And it was like the only one. So like they would slaughter, like when they would come to my high school, it would be like 77 to zero. Like one or two kids out of my school might go to community college football, but they're not going to USC the way that they're coming out of Tucson like that. Yeah. And then he transferred that coach got, was offered more money at a rival school called Santa Rita. And then they went to state the next year and it found out that he just told the kids, he was like, no, 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 we're going to find you a cheap apartment complex. And they did. And they just rented out apartments to use as the addresses to go to Santa Rita, but they didn't move their school and they just bust them into the, the school to dominate football let me tell you we my football coach i hated football i played it because i was big i hated it i hated every goddamn second of it and a lot of that had to do with the fact that our coaches were not particularly great they were your average journeyman Mm -hmm. coaches one of the coach has been the coach for 30 years and that's just what he does well he retired and then they got a dude who had a super bowl ring because he he was like oh he was he was on the line for montana uh, and like, so he had a 49ers ring and, uh, he became the coach. And then the program went from being like mediocre to being unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and to the point where one of my former students now plays for the Cowboys. That's awesome. And, uh, and, uh, another kid that I didn't have, but who was the son of that coach was the Falcons first round pick a couple of years ago. Whoa. That's yeah. huge. Right. Yeah. Our Those football are... coach, to give you any con- sort of parallel, our football coach had a big giant Florida state tattoo on the back of his leg, but never went to Florida state. He just really liked it. Simply got out. Anytime somebody um, supports a college they didn't go to, I'm like, how is your life? Mm-hmm. That, well, that's a lot in Notre Dame, Notre Dame jackets in Massachusetts. And you're just like, Oh, did you like go to Notre Dame? They're like, no, I just like, racial stereotypes that appeal to me specifically mm-hmm. well i also like how some of those are just douchebag brands although like so from tucson again sorry i don't keep bringing it back to tucson u of a is pretty much the logo of the city 
So whether you went there or not, you're wearing U of A gear because it's almost like flagging that you're from Tucson. I would not do that. Yeah, but it's like the brand of the city. Like I cannot think of a time I've gone to any restaurant or store and there's not one third of the people wearing U of A gear. You know what it really comes down to, I guess, is that college football doesn't mean shit where I'm from because our uh, colleges we're college are, basketball. Our, our colleges are known for um, education. Mm-hmm. It's like a big thing in the Northeast is our colleges produce smart people. Um, oh, no, we just US. populate the whole city with it. One third yeah. of our city is U of A. They're either yeah. employed by them or going there or professors. Yeah. And then there is the sports aspect. But to be honest, every four or five years, the basketball team is great. Then it's not for the other four or five years. And then the football team had one great year in the 90s. We still talk about it. There's, there is um, Holy Cross basketball in Worcester. Mm-hmm. And every once in a while, we're like, yeah, Holy Cross. But also, um, like Massachusetts in general has a massive chip on its shoulder. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of time like when privileged people are do well in something, there's uh-huh. almost like the resentment of it where it's like, oh, what do you think you're better than me? Because you went to the fancy fucking school and you played basketball yeah. professionally. Congratulations. Like, we don't care. Well, it's because you guys like, are yeah, good, good for you. Go fuck yourself. It's We're like, like a city of juggalos when I think of what Tucson's like. Albuquerque. Do you ever hear me do my my bit about Albuquerque? No, but I've been to Albuquerque and it's very similar to Tucson. Okay, so Albuquerque to me, and like I, it, Albuquerque is is a city that just got 1998, mm-hmm. and they're super into it. Well, they're like the big brother. Like when I went to Albuquerque, I was like, oh, this is like if Tucson grew up. Yeah, Albuquerque was nuts to me because it was like I saw Juggalos in the wild, and I hadn't seen that in in forever. And there was like there was like. Cause I was there staying with a friend and I've been there a bunch. I, I loved, I genuinely love the city of Albuquerque and I love how I, I love how Albuquerque it is. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's insane. And I love it. And uh, one of the things that I loved about Albuquerque is that like, there was a goth night every night across the mm-hmm. city. <laughs> and yeah, it's, so not a, it's not a place huge place. city. It's like a, it's a small sized city. Yeah. It's probably and, a million, maybe. I would say less than that, probably. You don't um, look that up while you talk. I'm like the city of Boston has a million, so yeah, the city uh-huh. of Boston I would imagine has four or five million. Uh, but I, I think it's less than that. Oh, you meant the actual? I'm thinking of all the suburbs around it too. Oh. Okay, wow, the Albuquerque population is half a million. Yeah, so it was, I was going to say it's not particularly dense for its size, and. Mm. And it was just like the juggalos and the fact that there were these like there was a goth night like five nights out of the week mm-hmm. it was just to me. I was like, oh, you guys are getting the stuff that we had like 20 years ago. Yeah. And I'm excited for that. Like, I love that unironically that people are still stoked on shit that a lot yeah. of other places have forgotten. Well, it's like Hot Topic is the mayor of the whole city. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just people are just still looked it up. Tucson's population is only 10,000 less people than Albuquerque. Yeah. Well, it's still less people. That's true. I want to make you choose things um, between two things you love. I'm going to make you have to decide things. Sure. So which show do you like more? This will be easier for me than you you realize. Good. Okay. Well, Mandalorian or WandaVision? WandaVision. But like not even close. Okay. I'm not even close. I love Mandalorian more. Mandalorian is popcorn and WandaVision is a 12 course meal. I love okay. Mandalorian for what it is. 
Uh, yes. I, I also, but the Mandalorian is a Favreau and Filoni banging action figures together. And I love it. I mm -hmm. absolutely For sure. love that. It is, it is exactly what I want out of that Star Wars property because I think other Star Wars properties are doing other things. Mm -hmm. WandaVision to me is so deep and nuanced and perfectly written that I can't think of a lot of shows that even can come close right now. Like the most, the only thing that I can compare to as being recently as good in this sector would be Watchmen and maybe Harley Quinn. Oh, Harley Quinn's that good? Oh, it's that layered? Harley Quinn? No. Harley Quinn is- Although I just got HBO Max. Brilliantly written. It is, and, and well acted as well. Because I, when watching WandaVision at this point, this many episodes in, uh, by the time this is out, all episodes will be out, but we're at episode seven in. By this time- I'm like, this thing is comparable to The Shining with its level of layers and depth. It's, it is, well, one of the funny things and one of the things that's actually kind of infuriating to me was the people that were like sort of like rebuffing against it um, in the first couple of episodes. And they were like, that's it's me. Slow. And I was like, oh, so you're not actually watching the show and trying to understand it. You're literally just full on surface level. And that is 100% not what should be done. And maybe to its own detriment, it's too smart. Like WandaVision is. is I don't want to give it that because, okay, so I was that person. But of course, I was just like, okay, I'm watching this. I see they're dropping hints. And then every five to 10 seconds of the episode, they're like dropping the idea of hints and just blasting the reality into you. You know, like like Wanda listening to the radio. I'm okay with the spoilers on this. Um, and but, then but the episode four. Episodes, in the first two episodes, like the hints are so aggressively subtle. They are. No, they definitely are. And But it was like, I felt like I was receiving homework as reading it because I am unfamiliar with these characters in this this verse. What, what I will say is that this is the first, this is the first Marvel property that I think really was a nod to comics fans as opposed mm -hmm. to MCU fans, which For are not, sure. they're not the same thing. This is a, this is a, this is a show that um, has been written for people that love the comics. And um, now that we're getting to that point, I'm like, Oh, we can make anything as movies or whatever. Like any of the properties, like I never would have thought a what if TV show would have been possible. And now it's just like, yeah. this is more far out there than making a what if show because it has the what if title. Yeah, and I think what if is going to be very confusing for a lot of people. I think uh, I think if you don't pull what if properly, then people are going to be like, "Wait a second, so you're trying to tell me that the Punisher is in this too?" And it's just like, no, it's more of like a Twilight Zone one-off thing. I yeah. think what if is going to confuse a lot of people because we seem to take for granted that the Marvel movies are the most popular thing in the world. Mm -hmm which means everybody's watching them. Yes. Not everybody is. And as we can see with the reaction to WandaVision, not everybody is. <clears throat> how do I put this? Diplomatically. Not everybody is as discerning a viewer. Mm -hmm. Is that, that makes, that makes me sound like an asshole. And that's not the, that's not the goal. 
people aren't. But well, okay, but my perspective of this is you are somebody who is so far into the comic book world mm-hmm. that it doesn't matter how deep they go, you're already there. I'm somebody who selectively chose a couple characters and titles and just like, I know about Spider-Man in the 90s really well, but I don't know about, I've never even concerned myself with Scarlet Witch and Vision was just the extra character in the Avenger video game that you got if you were last. Like that was all they were to me. You know, like I actually avoided uh, multiverse sort of storylines because I felt like they had no consequence and there was no reason. And it was just like, no, that's avoidable. If you were a comics reader in the early 2000s, you couldn't avoid Wanda. Yeah, well, I, that I, can't, I stopped around then. For reasons that I can't explain because I don't, I don't know where this is going to end up. And I don't, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not a fan of spoilers. Um, yeah, in the comics world, she is a major linchpin to a major event that happened in comics. Oh, good. Um, so that, that makes sense uh, in that regard. But I, I was of the such where, and I think I even made a tweet about it. Now I was like, those of those that were complaining about the first two episodes of WandaVision never deserved WandaVision in the first place. Mm-hmm. Meaning if you're not willing to be, patient and to pay attention to your show because a lot of people are on their fucking phones yeah you can't you can't i put it away i put it in a different room and then watch it and then i go straight to my phone to have my phone explain to me what i just watched yeah but also i'm completely loving it um so i'm gonna make you now choose further into the wanda so who are you enjoying the acting of better elizabeth olsen or katherine hahn um, I would say that um, the the answer that I think is a reflex is Catherine Hahn because everybody mm-hmm. likes Catherine Hahn and she's fantastic. I think the but Catherine Hahn is also playing the same character. Mm-hmm. It's true. Um, and Catherine Hahn is to a lesser extent, and and you hate to say it, an extension of Catherine Hahn in this like they sure. knew what they were getting when they mm-hmm. you get Catherine Hahn and you know exactly what you're getting which is a brilliant comedic actress mm-hmm. Elizabeth Olsen runs the emotional gamut so perfectly and wonderfully that she she is she of this show I think should be nominated for an Emmy I feel like the two of them should and I feel like if it had to go against the two of them which they wouldn't because it was lead and supporting mm-hmm. um that it should go to, to Olsen. And actually, at this point, when I first started watching this, it was just because I was like, ah, I like Avenger movies. And now I'm like, seriously a fan of like, Elizabeth Olsen. I was yeah. just like, what is, this is crazy. She's I, phenomenal. I love, I love how people forget how good actors can be. Like, and then I they did. see it and they're like, oh, okay. Like one of the things that I saw a lot of on social media was a lot of people sort of like grandstanding about all the Catherine Han love. And they're like, oh, well, where have you been? And I was like, yeah. I don't know, watching one of the other 30,000 things she's in. Like mm-hmm. she, Catherine Han's not a secret. And I love the people that are pretending that she is. That's like one of my favorite things is people who like claim ownership of somebody yeah. they're like oh i know her it's like yeah she was in Step Brothers, which was a huge movie she was in this which was huge she's been in she's been in so much huge stuff and people are pretending like she's one of the greatest supporting actresses yes. i feel like of right now where it's like if she's in a movie you know she's probably not the lead but you also know that the lead is probably some huge a-list star and you also know that they're both going to knock it out of the park well, and, and, you know, she was given the lead of Mrs. Fletcher and I don't think they gave her, a, like people didn't, 
consume it the way that they should have. Yeah. Well, if it came out next year, they would have. Absolutely. And yeah. so like, I so find it that also that fascinating to watch somebody who I thought has kind of made it like she's now extra made it. Yeah. You there's, there, there's definitely a stratosphere that people poke into when you're, and, and I think Paul Bettany is a good example of that as well, mm-hmm. where Paul Bettany was doing great work and just really knocking it out of the park, but he was very much like a, like a British theater kind of guy. Oh, for sure. It's like an Ian McKellen where you're like, this dude made it at 60 he, mm-hmm. and he'd been working constantly. And then 60 years old, he, he gets Magneto and just like, just blows it out of the water. I mean, apt pupil, I would say would probably be the thing that gave him to us, you know, but it is really, it is really fascinating to me, that aspect of it. Yeah. Um, all right. So more of making you choose between your favorite things. Okay. Your favorite Batman actor. Oh, uh, Ben Affleck is the best Batman actor. The best version of Batman is Ben Affleck. Uh, and I will say from my personal opinion, which does not reflect the opinions of my employers, um, that he is the best Batman in the worst movies. Yeah, I think that's for sure. It, when you, even when you said Ben Affleck, I was like, he's a victim of these movies. Because I also enjoy Ben Affleck and I really enjoy his Batman. I enjoy how much it looks like Frank Miller. And it makes me wish they would make the Frank Miller Batman movies with Ben Affleck. He's written really well too and i'm gonna say that the further i get away from the nolan batman movies the less i love them Uh, i didn't like them when they came out uh not to be so proud to hang my flag on it i get it but i was i don't know i I love the tim burton things but to me it i've told you this before is that the animated tv show is the peak of batman to me sure yeah that's it's i i you know as somebody who has recently watched and documented every episode of that mm-hmm. um i will say that um there's a lot of rose colored glasses to batman the animated series because mm-hmm. from a design perspective uh it was a cultural phenomenon it, you know it created that, that sort of bruce tim uh and paul dini verse that we got with justice league justice league um unlimited and batman beyond and everything <clears throat> great stuff um but also like a lot of the stories are not good like a lot, sure. of it, a lot of it's just like, well, Batman's fighting a werewolf. <laughs> well, you know, that's true. Classic, I also am classic totally... Bruce, classic Bruce has to has to fight a, a a giant Olympic level werewolf that was also coincidentally his friend who just came back into town. Mm-hmm. A lot of yeah. those episodes are written like old fifties Western TV shows. So I'll give it that I probably remembering it like people remember the Saturday Night Live cast of when they were 12. You're remembering you're remembering certain episodes mm-hmm. and blocking out a lot of episodes. Yeah, that's much like, oh, I don't remember the time that he went to the sewer to fight a, a like a Shakespearean actor dressed like Captain Hook who was kidnapping kids, having them work for him. <laughs> and then he had to fight and wrestle some actual alligators in the sewer. I don't remember that episode, but it sure as shit is an episode. <laughs> that sounds great but also i understand where it's like yeah that's not the best but to me it was the the noir the darkness this sure. guy's like kind of in the shadows really doing the detective work which it, i didn't get that in since i feel like it was also 
it was also uh, fascinating to us because that was the first TV show where we saw guns with bullets. Mm. And, it did not occur to me that that's true. And that's, but that is something to pay attention to because, you know, that gave it a realism that you weren't getting with the Spider-Man and X-Men cartoon where average people had laser guns because they mm -hmm. just couldn't show guns. But because Batman, the animated series was a primetime premiere, Mm -hmm. It was an afternoon. Um, it was an afternoon time slot. It wasn't a Saturday morning cartoon, the way X Men and Spider Man were. That it was granted more leeway in in that sort of adult level. And by the time you get to like Justice League seasons, kind of like one and two, and even the New Adventures of Batman and Robin, where they were like afraid, they were no longer afraid to like straight up murder people. You're mm -hmm. like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, all right i get it the joker like it used to be like it was implied that the joker has killed people but yeah. when you get to the new adventures of batman and robin the joker straight up kills people yeah yeah that's where we got in the 90s and 2000s specifically like heath ledger killed a man as his intro to the joker the joker heath ledger's joker is so good and it is and the dark knight is one of those movies that's really great as long as you don't have to think about it i still love watching it uh but it's definitely a movie you have to turn your brain off to watch and then there are also certain characters where you're like why 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 is this character like, like the yeah. guy the cop that's in the that's the when they're bringing harvey dent the the chase scene with the, mm -hmm. the tractor trailer and everything and there's just a cop they're gonna be like oh that's not good that's <laughs> yeah. that a bazooka and it's just like, are you just the captions of the comic panel in the version yeah. of a screaming guy in the front seat? Because this is not working for me. Because I really want to be that in a movie. So I don't mind seeing those roles. You want to be the chorus? Yeah, the where like, he's picked up a car. Like, that's what I want. I want that line where then everyone yells and screams right after I say it. Like, that, yeah. that sounds so fun. I, so I genuinely love all of these things it's just mm -hmm. i because i am forced to watch them critically and i am forced to find maybe sort of like the cracks in the armor kind of a thing mm -hmm. and, and, and it, you really start to notice that like in the dark night itself it literally only works if everybody in gotham city but the principal actors are blind <laughs> Yeah, well, I, what I didn't like about those movies is I felt like they were making Batman movies for douchebags at that point. Mm, I mean... I mean, I, well, I the Batman audience still fair. showed up, and they will. It's like the way that I like the new Star Trek movies. I'm like, they're making Star Trek movies for my sister now. I think Batman Begins is fantastic. I like the new Star Trek movies, by the way, because they do an interesting job of, like, the old Star Trek movies spent so much time focusing on, like, the politics. Because mm -hmm. it's, and then Abrams is like, no, no, we'll discuss it, but shit's going to blow up. And mm -hmm. uh, I actually genuinely like that. I think all of the actors they chose were phenomenal. And at this point in time, we'll talk about the most recent one, Star Trek Beyond, right? At this point in time, we should recognize that we've gotten enough Star Wars, Star Trek, Marvel, DC, whatever. We've gotten enough that we should get kind of stupid with it sometimes. Like yeah, we, no, I, I feel like it should be more open about that. Like, that's kind of what I'm hoping with something like the new Marvel TV shows that Disney Plus is going to keep coming out with. You're like, one of these is eventually going to be very zany. WandaVision is that. 
WandaVision is extremely wacky while being terrifying. Mm-hmm. And that to me is like so nuts. But like Star Trek Beyond, like Captain Kirk rides a dirt bike mm-hmm. and then defeats an armada with the power of rock and roll. Now, yeah. that to me is fantastic because mm-hmm. it is so out there and people are like that's not my star trek and i'm like oh that is 100 the kind of star trek the original series ending that you would expect mm-hmm. for sure weird out of nowhere like the beastie sabotage by the beastie boys took out uh the armada like that's yeah so, that's so fucking amazing to me that's so funny and so great and they did it with a straight face. And I just, I love it. I genuinely love it. Okay. I um, I don't, but also I am watching them. I'm going to them. I think I have a Star Trek Beyond poster around here somewhere. from Because I went to the like premiere. And like they're like, you want this poster? And like, of course I do. And there's no reason to have it. But there, there it is. You know, like it was like, I also was like not going to miss it. To the point that somebody that had the extra ticket was like, I know who wants to go to you know, like, and I would every time, no matter how far down it goes, the rabbit hole, I'm going to want to follow it down the rabbit hole. Yeah, you can't be this mired. And I tell this to a lot of like younger, ner- like people in their 20s. And, I'm, and I kind of have to explain to them, like, I don't think you understand what it was like when it was like, oh, the only thing we had was like, oh, Tank Girl is coming out in a month. So we got to make sure we see Tank Girl mm-hmm. because it's a comic book movie, not knowing anything about Tank Girl. That's or true. Like, no. Or or you know, oh Blade's coming out and shit like that. Like that to me. At its time, Blade was one of the greatest comic book movies that ever came out. It's not hard. It wasn't a hard challenge at that point in time because the comic <laughs> true. movie had been considered dead. Batman and Robin. But that's movie. also like saying when the Mario Brothers movie was one of the best video game movies to come out at its time. I've 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 made a joke at one point in time where I say, um, Mortal Kombat is the greatest video game movie of all time. And the worst part about this sentence is it's not even close. And it's like the Mortal Kombat movie, like I love, and I've seen it a million times and I had the soundtrack, but it is objectively bad. Oh Uh, yeah, no, no, it's a bad movie. But also, like you said, there's nothing that comes close. Even now, like I guess the Resident Evil movies that I haven't watched did well. That could be, yeah, that could be. But, uh, uh, you know, Again, those re- the Resident Evil movies are very much like um, sci-fi original movies with huge budgets, which For I don't sure. hate. Which I don't hate. I like I like B movies with big budgets. That's why I actually really like um, the Chronicles of Riddick, the, sure. second, the second of the Riddick films, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, because it's it does exactly what a B a serialized B movie is supposed to do, which is, you know, the first one we get introduced to this character and they're like, well, how can we take this fully off the rails? And they do. Yeah. And I, I love, I love when a property now goes off the rails. Now, if I was very precious about these things, like I used to be, I would be like, Oh, that's not, that's not what you should do. This is ridiculous. You know, you got to keep it small. And blah. I'm like, no, no, no. Now just blow it up. For sure. And uh, what's your favorite sequel of all time? Empire Strikes Back. That's not fair. That's that's too that's too easy of a of an answer. Is Empire Strikes? Back. I don't feel like it is anymore. I mean, because also, what if I like also was able to include like the end of a trilogy? You know, like all of a sudden, then we have Indiana Jones hanging out right there. I wouldn't put any Indiana Jones movie close to Empire Strikes Back. Hmm. 
You don't like, think would, any sequels ever gotten close? I would say the closest thing might be um, Cap Two, Captain America, the um, the Winter Soldier. Yeah, that might be. I think more in the spirit of the sequel. See, the thing about Marvel movies and Star Wars movies is that Empire Strikes Back knew it was the second act of three acts. So yeah. it already knew going in. So it didn't have to have the classic structure that we think of. For sure. Which so is like, to, we now have that a lot though. It's, it's hard like, to call it. Well, yeah, exactly. Like like what the Winter Soldier set up, you know, the, the amount of stuff that's being set up in the Winter Soldiers and like, that's how you got Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm-hmm. Like the stuff in Agents of Shield came about that for all the you know tied into Iron Man and, and then you get Civil War and, and Bucky and and that lays to Infinity War and Endgame and you know Captain America and the or what the Falcon and the Winter Soldier so like it's hard to even call Captain America two a sequel mm-hmm. because I don't think you can call Marvel movies sequels anymore they're chapters this is essentially it yeah very much like same with like the like the Harry Potters and stuff. You're like, these aren't sequels. They're just setting up. Yeah, it's hard to be a sequel when you're when the book has already been out for however long it was. For sure. Is there something that's on like a Netflix or Disney Plus that you think no one's watching that everyone should be watching? Um, I'd say uh, watching classic Looney Tunes on HBO Max has been really fun for me. Because mm-hmm. you forget about a lot of that stuff. And uh, I've been watching that, actually. I've been watching that a lot of the old Popeye stuff and um, the Jetsons. I forgot how much of Popeye is just about, oh my God, they're going to rape olive oil. They're going to sexually assault this woman. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) That was a very unfortunate aspect of the the thirties and forties. I mean, they create Pepe Le Pew is a sex offender. Uh, I don't know. They're going to make a movie. um, And then they got Woody Allen to direct. the best i want to say this uh, he just had his final episode of his sideshow collectibles podcast come out last week and when we recorded this we did not realize that he was coming up on our last episode yet he was still still working alongside them and then a couple weeks later bam all of a sudden he's launching a brand new podcast outside of that network so i wasn't even able to plug his new show He's got a podcast. I don't know when it starts or comes out. All I know is, is so far he released a graphic and he's opened up a Patreon, which go to Jeff May's Patreon if you are a fan of Jeff May or want to hear more of Jeff May. And it's called Jeff Has Cool Friends. So that's really fun. I, I like that he's going to start a podcast and I get to promote it here, I believe, first outside of his own things. Uh, although I do regret that... At that time, that idea had yet to come to fruition to the point that he was able to promote it. So he's promoting it now at the end of the show with my voice. Check out Jeff Has Cool Friends. If you're listening to this three, four weeks after it came out, I bet you there's an episode out. Or I'm, I'm willing to admit, like, admit, I'm willing to bet that there's going to be an episode out in a week or two. 
So check that out because he got the Patreon up. Check out his Patreon and check out Jeff May on all the things. Uh, he, I know he goes to Hey There Jeffro on Twitter and I believe it's the same on Instagram. If not, uh, I don't know. One of you guys will correct me, I am sure. Always fun to have him on. His second time on. He was on way early in the show. I talked about it uh, last episode a little bit. That because of him, I used to give away toys on the show when we had face-to-face people. Just to get people to kind of know that I'm like of good interest. Because putting up with Air Michael Marsh sounds like I'm going to yell at you as soon as you walk through the door. And so a year into it, he was like, hey, I want to come back and do it again. And I was happy to have him. I'm happy he reached out and said that. Happy to have him back. Boom. Jeff made two. In the can. And then our next episode is another lovely guy, another stand-up comic. Which, by the way, check out Jeff's stand-up. But this other guy, he just released a special on YouTube. His name's Danny Jollis. J-O-L-L-E-S. And uh, his YouTube special, I believe, is called Danny Jollis in Six Parts. And it's six different shows where he shows the full set of the show. And he, and you get to watch him. It was all taped before the pandemic. It's released now. And it's a great special. I just watched it. I said, I promised on that episode that I would watch it before recording this. To let you guys know what I think of it. And I've been a fan of Danny's stand-up for many years. So I'm not surprised. Big fan of this special. I think everyone should go watch it. You know, if you want to watch it before or after, it's on you. But Danny Jollis, YouTube special. Check that out. As always, I'm at Aaron M. Marsh on everything, Aaron Michael Marsh. Thank you guys for listening. Um, I can't believe how far into this I've gotten. You know, like, the goal when I first started was like, I hope I hope I can take this to 100 episodes. And it's like I'm soaring to 100 episodes. You know, like, it's not, hasn't even been an issue. Super fun to do this. I've learned a lot. Keep doing it. I got another four in the tank and, you know, yada, yada, I keep I keep doing them. I keep releasing them. You guys keep listening and sending me things. Like I got many messages that I should go back and edit out part of the Mitch conversation where I got a little too specific about where I live. Um, for those that don't know, because um, you're not, I dare you to take that information and even try to find this where I live. Uh, that's probably not a smart thing to say, which also means for me to dare you, I'm going to go back and I'll take it out. I'm going to take it out and put up a more edited version that doesn't have that stuff out there. But uh, I didn't feel in danger, but but a bunch of you did. And <laughs> a bunch of you were like, hey, I don't like you having that much of your information out there. And so I have the magic of uh, editing. I can go back and pluck that right out of that episode. Thank you guys for telling me that. Because I listened to it and I was like, ah, do I take this? I don't know. Like, I, I didn't know. Like, even when, like, my actual initial thought was like, I wish Mitch didn't bring this up right then. And it's kind of, he kind of sidetracked himself in the, out of the conversation. I want to take y'all with me and that. It'd be weird to jump from one to one. But at the same time, I was like, Bleh. I don't know. That is a lot. You know, so... So thank you guys for voicing your opinions and letting me know and uh, letting me know to go back and do that. I'll do that probably by the time you guys actually hear this. It might already be changed. So thank you all for that. Um, yeah, that's the end of the podcast. Love it. Danny Jollis. 
coming up next. You might have to wait a week for it. Or maybe you're catching up and you're going to just hear it right now. So hope you guys enjoy Jan- Danny Jollis. I, uh, I sl- slur over so many words all the time. Thank you for listening and thank you for putting up with me. Whether I'm right or whether I'm wrong Whether I find a place in this world or never belong I've got to be me